Hello, this is Randy Moon, and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. This is Beth. I'm going to be talking about the black-capped chickadee in my second songbird of the songbird series. This is Cole, and I will be talking... (laughs) This is Cole, and I will be talking about early Ramadan in the United States. This is Sydney, and I will be talking about graduation celebration ideas during this pandemic. Yes, that'll be a little bit harder than normal for people to figure out. So it'll be good to hear ideas regarding that. So holiday happenings for the week. We, um, we have a few things coming up in the week ahead. We've got Sydney's birthday. We've got Cole's birthday two days later. And we have Beth and my 31st wedding anniversary. Yep. Sandwich between. Sandwich between. That's right. Bang, bang, bang. One after another. So um, that's very fun. Something to look forward to. We'll have special meals. We'll have some gifts and cards and time together. Yeah. Yep. Well, and the good. fun thing is that we're all um, pretty socially isolated too. So we can spend that time together because none of us have been interacting with too many people. Right. That's right. Right. And there's no going out to dinners anywhere, so... Right. Yep. Celebrations we get the best home. food, which is mine, but you're all welcome, because it's going to take a lot of work. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm not sure if it qualifies as a holiday, but kind of in the, the same graduation vein of um, things that are usually a big deal going mobile, the NFL draft was this previous weekend... Um, which is usually a huge event. People will get together to to watch it. And from what I saw, it went off pretty smoothly. Obviously not as fun as Right, since it was it. all remote. Right. At everybody's homes or yachts or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right, party boats. I, I was going to say, I think yachts are probably a very small, <laughs> small piece of the population there. Yeah, right, right. None of the... Um, college seniors coming out or at least a very small population of them they have yet to make that yacht money yes right yes something to i think it was a 250 million dollar yacht that's what i read what was uh jerry jones's yacht that he yeah who's the owner of the dallas cowboys and i did hear even though it was online that a lot of people watched it live because i assume there's no other football sports no anything else going on it's all we have we've had like a month and a half of nothing but draft speculation. Right, so right. I know I know that you didn't want to even listen to that anymore. Not the last week. No, no, I was pretty done. And then another fun thing is we talked about, I believe, last week that we are converting Cole's old bedroom into a craft room. And Beth spent a lot of last week putting pieces together. I did. And it is pretty much done. Mm-hmm. It looks for the awesome. best part. You did Thank a you. great job. Yep. We got like actual curtains up for it and Yep. I'm one that I don't like clutter, so everything is incredibly organized. And then from that point too, I'm not sure what I want on my walls yet. We painted them, but I'm not sure what I want. So I feel like I need to kind of live in the space a little bit mm-hmm. before I figure out what I want on there cuz I I don't want to just throw anything up. Yeah, good idea. There's a lot of um 
Disney things you could put on the wall, like the big Tiki <laughs> sign or the Haunted Mansion mm. sign. Except this is my crack room. Do we, have, <laughs> do we have a big Tiki sign? No, but we'd like one. We would like one. <laughs> I am wearing a Tiki Room shirt right now. Yes. You are, yes. <laughs> and the birds sing words and the flowers croon. In the tiki 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 room. That's right. Now, I'm talking about a different kind of songbird. Songbirds that don't actually say words. Oh, oh weird. Well, well, I like the word ones. Right. <laughs> they each have their place. Yep. These Are they at least named Fritz and Pierre? No, they're or not. Rosita? No. No. Oh. no. None of that. Well, we could name them those things. <laughs> they are called the black-capped chickadees. Huh. But before I begin on the black-capped chickadees, which are very interesting little birds, I'm loving these also. During the last podcast, I had talked about the tufted titmouse, and I came across a video randomly that literally had a tufted titmouse on a, it looked like a golden retriever. The golden retriever was just sleeping like on a porch. Yeah, on its side. On its side, and this tufted titmouse was kind of on its flanks. Yeah. Just pulling all kinds of fur out of it. <laughs> and it, it looked like the under fur. Yeah. Like yeah, it wasn't like. The softer like, under fur. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, but it had a huge mouth it full of it. was so full. But it didn't want to stop because it had this great source. Right. Of that could get up and leave at any moment. <laughs> and it would hop sometimes like it was going to hop away and then it would come back. Yeah. It's like it just had such a great. Its air. mouth was so full. <laughs> it was. It was just so cute. And we had just talked about how they like hair and fur. To line their nests. So be careful if you lie down on the, your back porch. <laughs> That's right. If you have hammocks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and you're exactly. laying there. Or at least, you know, know that if your hair gets pulled, it's probably just a little tufted tip mouse. <laughs> just assume that and don't open your eyes. <laughs> That's right. If you're, a, if you're a hairy person, you might want to bundle up a little bit. That's right. Cover up. Laying out, yeah. So there... Today I'm talking about the black-capped chickadee. There are other kinds of chickadees out there, but the black-capped chickadee is the one that has always grabbed my attention at our bird feeders in the back. Oh, well, that seems aggressive. Grabbed your attention. They did. They said, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. hey, <laughs> look at me, look at me. They're the tiny New Yorkers of birds. <laughs> <laughs> so they are small little birds, only about five or six inches long, with generally round little bodies and big eyes. <laughs> the, the, le- the degree of roundness depends on how long you've been feeding them. Exactly. And they're in the same family as the tufted titmouse. So they have a lot of the same characteristics. Not all, but a lot. Uh, it, like the tufted titmouse, it's a gray little bird. But this one, their upper wings, their upper wing feathers are edged in white. And apparently that's a chickadee kind of characteristic, but the black cap chickadee's wing feathers are edged much more prominently in white. So, and I was looking at pictures, I'm like, well, yes it is, look at that, they're really cool. <laughs> and if you, if you see a picture and the wing, and the wing is out, like the wing spread out, you can really see, it, it looks really cool, the feathers on that. So as the name suggests, the bird has black on the top of its head. It's black capped. But the black extends in the front down to right under its eyes. And then it has some black on its bib or its throat. Yeah, it looks like it has like a black bandana on. It does because it it also goes down the back of the neck. Yeah. 
And it does. It looks like a little bandit. Mm -hmm. Yes. Its cheeks are white, which, which makes the black stand out more. And then it has white underneath, and the sides, uh, the undersides can be rust or brown or tan or something along that line. Interestingly, the female looks exactly like the male. Oh, now, this is uncommon in bird species because normally, normally the male is much more elaborately colored than the female. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you think of like cardinals or peacocks. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like that a lot. Like you'll see a lot of bird pairs mm -hmm. and the male is the one that's all elaborately colored. Elaborately colored. The chickadee gets its name from its alarm call. It sounds like chickadee. It's I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna mash it up there, but it's like chickadee dd kind of thing. And the more d's it has, the more alarmed it is. So, but if it's really alarmed, do you call it that amount of chickadees? Yeah. Do, do I say there's a chickadee dd dd? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Uh, Oh, there's a bunch of chickadees on the back porch. You're like, oh, okay, they're having their so own. So it's like a pepper. It's like a 3D chickadee alarm. Yeah. It's a chickadee alarm. It is. and But other other small birds um, also um, recognize it. Yeah. So they will also catch the alarm if the chickadee is... Well, the chickadee dee dee in this case. Or the chickadee dee 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 dee. <laughs> anyway, um, do you remember growing up in school we learned about onomatopoeia? Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Onomatopoeia, do you guys remember that at all? I know the name. Yeah. I love that name. It's one of those things that I, you know, you just snag on to. Fun to say. It is, onomatopoeia. I remember you loving that name. So, <laughs> so this alarm call... According to one researcher, said it's onomatopoeic. Onomatopoeic. That's a good word too. So it's got its name because of the sound it makes. They live in groups and they establish a dominance hierarchy. They can fly 12 to 13 miles per hour, which is interesting. Think of how little that bird is, and chubby that might bird might be. <laughs> a little round bird. Is that downhill, down, um, like, <laughs> the wind at the back? I don't right? know. Falling. Yeah. <laughs> Straight down. They can dive. <laughs> That's right. And it's the state bird of both Maine and Massachusetts. So, it's a popular little bird. You can find chickadees in mixed woodlands. And by that I mean both deciduous and coniferous. Now, they won't stay apparently just in coniferous woods so it has to be they will stay in just deciduous so they're a little picky but they'll be in open woods parks suburbs cottonwood groves so not too picky so we're in a pine forest but we have a streak of deciduous trees that kind of goes through the middle of the pine forest that that must Big be why oaks. Yeah. yeah it must be why they don't mind being here and across the road too there's regular woods Right, deciduous woods. Right, and they and we have we had actually planted a couple deciduous mm -hmm. trees out front too. So when they want to sleep, they prefer thickets, dense shrubs, and cavities of trees where they feel safe. The black-capped chickadee is one of the most common and widespread of the chickadees. Having said that, it's normally non-migratory and stays within its specific habitat range year-round. 
So that's why we see it in the winter at the bird feeders because it hangs out. Picking out the stuff they don't like. Yeah. <laughs> the black-capped chickadees are active and cheery sounding and are a favorite at bird feeders. And if one of them gets comfortable with you filling its feeder, it can become quite tame. I thought that was interesting. Well, it landed in my finger. That's what I'm thinking. That was that's what you always wanted a hummingbird to do. I did. <laughs> well, and last we and last during the last podcast, he wanted the tufted titmouse right. to do it. I've had butterflies land on me, but yes. not birds. Yes. Not, you wanted birds one on nature. your finger. Yeah, specifically perched on my finger. And at the bird feeders, it says to get bird feeders with lots of different perches. Oh, mm-hmm. So apparently, they're not. They're not the kind that's going to chase everyone else away. So and what you need they to will do group together with other small birds is hold your finger above the bird, or all seat. my fingers out, all your fingers out. <laughs> they can all Look, like a whole bunch. Look, you can do any of them. You can do any. <laughs> you choose one of the ten. So the chickadee is great for keeping pests away. Awesome. I love that. It eats a large quantity of insects. Insects. Insect eggs, larvae, and pupae. Is that how you say that? Or pupa? Say it both ways. Larvae and pupa. Weevils, lice, sawflies, caterpillars. They're a favorite during summer, especially caterpillars. Centipedes, spiders. I love these birds. What about ticks? I didn't see ticks, but they might. They can hover to get food, and they can catch flying insects midair. And, like the titmouse, they can hang upside down to reach the underside of the branches to find eggs and things on the underside of branches. They eat berries and seeds. I'm just imagining if they weigh too much, they <laughs> might lose their grip a little Apparently bit. Apparently we feed ours a lot. because Ours <laughs> got pretty round. They're so cute. They you, eat... you about to say fat? No, they're so cute. They eat berries and seeds in the winter when the insects become scarce. And again, bird feeders are a favorite. Chickadees, like the titmouse, like the tufted titmouse, will stash she- <laughs> will stash seeds and other food items to recover later during the colder months. And they can remember a huge number of places that they've stashed the food. It's so funny. Like you think about how many of those. Tufted titmouse and chickadees we have, plus squirrels, plus other birds. Like they there must, must be food like just stashed all around these woods. They must run into each other's. Like, I know all the time. time. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. But then they go back and theirs has been gone. Yeah. It's like all oh, squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> no. Shaking their little claws. The black-capped chickadee are cavity nesters, meaning they will nest in old woodpecker holes, they will nest in birdhouses, or they will create their own cavities in soft wood or rotted wood. They like sawdust and wood shavings for their nests. I was reading that if you want to create bird feeders, I'm sorry, if you want to create birdhouses for them, to put um, put wire around so the bigger birds can't get in there at their eggs and things, and put sawdust and wood shavings inside of it. Hmm. And it will attract the chickadees. And they also like to line their nests with animal furs. <laughs> furs. <laughs> with animal fur. Like coyotes, skunks, coyotes, skunks, and rabbits are the main contributors. Hmm. Which I thought was interesting. Okay, rabbits, they're pretty timid, right? I mean, they're jumpy, but they're, you can see getting fur from them. But coyotes, that's a little risky. 
And skunks? <laughs> well, if you think about it, skunks are pretty slow and they have very long fur. Right. So they're probably prime. Uh, well, do you think they, they pull them off like the tufted titmouse? Yeah. Does? Oh, okay. Yeah. So they'll climb on the back of a right. coyote and start <laughs> yeah. pulling hair out? Wow. But or uh, sleeping. You don't see that in nature very much. Like pictures of them. <laughs> I haven't. But um, if you think about it, Animals will get fur, like you'll see tufts of fur that are being caught in like brambles. Yes. And, yeah, so right. I imagine that those are probably some prime, especially right. like chickadees, if they're smart enough to know that like a patch of bramble attracts, like right. usually gets a lot of fur on it. And they can just swoop in. They can swoop in. We have the occasional skunk here. We don't have wolves or coyotes, but we have fox, foxes. Fox. foxes. Ooh, bears. Yeah, we have bears. That... So yeah. far, I haven't heard anybody's. Land on a bear and no, their their fur is a little like coarse. Uh, that's true. true. Unlike the the in the under fur of a golden retriever, right? <laughs> Quite soft. You could just get mouthfuls. Of that. <laughs> this actually reminds me when I was seeing that they like skunk fur. It reminded me of Zootopia. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for those who don't understand that reference, go watch Zootopia. It's adorable. Finally, you can get cute. Chickadee merchandise. No kidding. From a site called Birdorable. <laughs> Combining bird and adorable. Yeah, yeah we got Better. it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Birdorable. I understand them. Explain it. <laughs> Birdorable.com. There are mugs, keychains, hats, clothes. It's, it's hilarious. I was just like, they're adorable. So there you go. My sister painted us some little wooden birds for our Christmas tree as ornaments. And one of them is a black-capped chickadee. I'm going to have to go look at that more. Mm-hmm. Thank Excellent. you, Becky. Shout yeah. out to Becky and her... Craftiness. Yep, and her ability to paint and <laughs> do awesome things for your family. That's right. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I just looked up Birdorable.com, uh, and it's all these like little cartoons of um, birds. They have the black-capped titmouse. The black-capped uh, chickadee and the, uh, did you do the tufted titmouse or the... I did the tufted. Black-crested titmouse. You, so you did the tufted, yeah. Do they have tufted titmouse? They have both of them. Too? They have both of them. They also have um, just tuft titmouse. That's funny. It's uh, like a little tough one. Yeah, he's got like little angry eyes and a, uh, <laughs> oh, a tattoo hilarious. of an arrow through a heart. Does he really? And then he has a piercing on his <laughs> he has tail. He a piercing on his tail. Oh my Wait, I'll get a better. There you go. That is hilarious. So I guess it's a play on tufted probably. Tough probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. And hey, that's a mouse pad. Yeah. You can it's, get a bird it's a, mouse pad. it's a mouse in more ways than someone. <laughs> so, birds sometimes migrate to the Middle East. Really? Okay. I know. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, well, not these ones. Not these ones. Not chickadees. But it's the closest transition that I can get to to <laughs> go to Arabia in 610. CE. And I've talked about Ramadan before. I've talked about Ramadan and Eid al-Fitr, which is the celebration at the end of Ramadan. Um, But I'll run through again what it is real quick for us. Um, So Ramadan is the most sacred month of the year in Islamic culture, uh, and Muslims observe it to mark that Allah gave the first chapters of the Quran, the holy Muslim text, 
to the Prophet Muhammad in 610. Um, during Ramadan, Muslims will fast and abstain from any kind of pleasures and pray from sun up to sundown, and then they can eat once the sun has gone down. So, but it's also a big time for families to gather and celebrate. So it's the ninth month in the Islamic calendar, which is the lunar calendar based on the cycles of the moon. Observances begin the morning after the crescent moon is visibly sighted, marking the beginning of the new month. Obviously, the crescent moon is the symbol of, um, kind of the unofficial symbol of Islam and the Islamic countries across the world. On a unrelated note, did you know that the crescent moon on May 16th this year will be shaped kind of like a smile, and Jupiter and Venus, I think it are, this year will make eyeballs and it'll look like a smiley face. Oh, that's face so in funny! The sky. That really? is funny. May sixteenth. Mm-hmm. We'll have to look at that. We'll have to look. look at and pictures. it's and it's interesting because, um, well, a lot of people know that the crescent moon is depicted on symbols and particularly flags of Islam, predominantly Islamic nations across the world, and a lot of times, uh, most of the crescent moons are sideways. Right. They're know, vertical. They're, they're vertical, but. There are a number of flags which have crescent moons which are horizontal, yeah. facing downwards. Um, a lot of those were uh, historic, though, because there aren't quite as many crescent moon flags now as there have been in the past. But, traditionally, people searched for the slight crescent using the naked eye, uh, which has led to the declaration of different starting times for Ramadan, due to weather or geography. In order to have a more consistent start time for Muslims around the world, however, um, astronomical calculations are now sometimes used. Uh, Using science to mark the beginning of the month is controversial. However, in many parts of the world, Ramadan still does not begin until religious leaders announce that they have personally seen the crescent moon. So the observance of Ramadan is a very personal event to each individual and it's a time of sacrifice um, as well as a period of reflection and spiritual growth. Uh, it's a kind of like the the Hajj which is the uh, annual pilgrimage to the holy city of Mecca. Ramadan is a symbol of unity to the Islamic world. Ramadan is the fourth of the five pillars of Islam These pillars or duties form the basis of how Muslims practice their religions. Uh, The first one is Shahada, which is faith in the Islam religion. Salat, pray five times a day, facing the direction of Mecca. And it's interesting, they actually have um, apps, like on your phone, which will always show you, no matter where you are, the direction of Mecca. Zakat, which is um, to give support and alms to the needy. Um, Psalm which is to fast during Ramadan, and last is the Hajj, which is the annual pilgrimage to Mecca, at least once during one's lifetime. Um, But ideally, if you are a person of wealth, um, as often as you can. But the Muslim community over the years has grown in the United States. I think the oldest mosque, which is the holy building in Islam, um, dates back to 1930. Um, and I want to say it's somewhere in 
um, one of the Midwestern states, um, somewhere in maybe, I'm not, don't quote me on this, but I think it might be somewhere in Wyoming. Oh. I don't know. When I, when I heard about it, I was like, that feels a little random, but. Yeah, that does, yeah, it's not what you normally just think of as you. Right, right. You like you wouldn't think like of it New as York like right, like some place or... where a lot of immigrants were coming in. But the interesting thing is that um, Islam in the United States and Ramadan in the United States didn't begin with immigrants coming in. Um, it began with some people coming in who probably would have much rather not been coming in. Slaves. Slaves. Oh, okay. Um. And I think it's interesting because a lot of people, I think when you think of slaves, you typically think of sub-Saharan African slaves, um, slaves from places like Angola and the Congo and uh, places where um, religion would have much more commonly been kind of animist or um, what we think of as folk religions, um, kind of belief in either many gods or the spirituality of elements or objects. But because of the nature of how slavery worked and um, because the Europeans didn't come and grab slaves, slaves were sold to the Europeans by African um, Africans in power. And usually along the coast of West Africa, at least, a lot of the African rulers, the African kings who were in power, um, were Islamic because they um, they had a much more unified front with Islam. Islam had existed in West Africa and East Africa um, for centuries at that point. So they were able to consolidate power a lot more uh, and sell from rival kingdoms. So anywhere from 25 to 30 of the slaves that were brought over from Africa were Muslims. 25 to 30%? 25 to 30%. Not of the slaves. <laughs> that would have been a very small population. Right, yeah. So devoutness to the faith is something that's kind of very indicative of Muslims, especially in that period. So the enslaved Muslims, even though they were under all these horrible, harsh conditions, um, strove to meet the demands of their faith. And notably, the Ramadan fast prayers and community meals. So in the face of um, all of the slave codes that linked religious activity to insubordination and uh, rebellion. So although the Quran allows a believer to abstain from fasting if he or she is far from home or involved in strenuous work, many enslaved Muslims continue to demonstrate piety by choosing to fast while in bondage. So in addition to abstaining from food and drink, Enslaved Muslims held holy month prayers in the slave quarters and put together iftars, which were the meals at sundown, again, which I, uh, I mentioned in a previous podcast if you want to learn more about uh, what Ramadan itself is and the iftars. Uh, and that brought the Muslims together. So these prayers, however, and iftars did violate the slave codes, which really restricted assembly of any kind. For instance, the Virginia Slave Code of 1723 considered the assembly of five slaves an unlawful and tumultuous meeting um, convened to plot rebellion attempts. Uh, every state in the South 
codified similar laws barring slave assemblages, which impacted African Muslims observing the holy month. So practicing Islam um, and observing Ramadan and its fundamental rituals for enslaved Muslims uh, exposed them to punishment, injury, and uh, could even expose them to death. But despite all of this, um, they continued to observe Ramadan and sort of stay fervent in their faith. So the tradition among these Muslims of observing Ramadan and the faith continued on after the end of slavery and into um, their traditions. Uh, and then as more Arabs and Persians and other observers of Islam and Ramadan came to the United States and the Muslim population began to rise, uh, we saw Ramadan become kind of more, um, I guess, more people familiar with, more non-Muslims familiar with, um, at least the name and knowing what it is. Um, awareness? or a, a little more awareness. But even still, this kind of history of where Islam came from um, into the United States and the observance of Ramadan in the United States um, is often excluded from both from both Muslim and non-Muslim um, historical sources. Sorry, we can you can hear her meowing <sighs> down here. She's just having a having a time. A meow time. Yeah, <laughs> she wants to be petted. <laughs> um, but because it is because the Muslim population is growing in the United States and. Muslim holidays, and well, I guess you would think of as we would think of as holidays, but um, holy celebrations like Eid al Fitr and Holy Month of Ramadan are becoming more well known. Um, I think it's important to kind of acknowledge where everything, um, whether that's coming over in an ideal situation or not. All right, well, moving on from past history into current events. Um, here are some graduation celebration ideas during the quarantine. So the quarantine will go down in history, in American history. And um, But during this time, many graduates, either high school or college, are experiencing some, diff some challenges with their graduation, right? Because you can't have um, people come together. So, like, ceremonies are out of the question, um, parties, things like that. Yeah, so, no large gatherings of people. Right, exactly. No so this makes it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. So this makes it especially difficult on those graduating. Right. So um, here's some like fun ideas that you can use um, that I've already seen on social media as well. So you can have lawn signs and outdoor decorating. So what I've seen is. Um, in particular, the lawn signs. So there are different types of lawn signs that you can choose. I, what I've seen on social media is um, the lawn signs that... Um, it's kind of like the political lawn signs that you see, um, except it's, it has the graduate's name, the graduate's year, and usually they have the, grad, the graduate take a... Um, or rather, they take a picture of the graduate with the sign. And oh. posted on social media. Well, that's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. so it um, shows the outside world. You have a graduate via the signs. And again, they can be different types of signs. Like this one, again, they use like the little pickets to put, to secure it into the ground. 
but it's a huge, gigantic sign. Oh, that's fun. It's like a multi... I don't even know how you describe that. Yeah, but. it has many parts to it. There are yeah, stars. Like three-dimensional almost. You can put different parts of it in there. Yeah, it has congrats. It has a graduate's name, the year. So it's this huge, big thing inside. that was created by right. this, by using your lawn signs. Right, right. So, I mean, I'm sure there are websites that... Um, you the, can order from like, like or give you the instructions as mm-hmm. far as how to do it because the lawn the political lawn signs are nice because that's what keeps them steady in right. in the wind right basically they won't blow away and they right. face the direction you want them to face right so if you use a bunch of those mm-hmm. you can create a larger set of words right. or pictures or whatever you want yeah. exactly yeah so that's fun and what i have been seeing from graduates on social media you can have a photo shoot, either professionally or by a member of the family. So, another thing that I've seen for college graduates is that they still have the official um, professional photo shoot, but they obviously keep a distance. Oh, that's a good point. From you the can, photographer. Right. Yeah. The photographer yeah. can do that. Yeah. Right. So, that was a very smart idea. For those who don't have that option, obviously, like, you can have props. You could have an Instagram um, picture prop to hold up. So, such as an example. I'm going to show you. Just an easy something to hold, sort of at Disney, where you can oh, hold a frame. so it's like a frame that says mm-hmm. class of, you know, 2020 or something like that. That's right. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cute idea. Or a graduation backdrop. Which has the graduate's name, year, school, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's much bigger. Obviously, you'll need to do this inside somewhere. Oh, wow. Yeah. But that's another fun thing to be able to post on social media. Well, and you have so few ways to commemorate it mm-hmm. right now that going that extra mile yeah. as a family can be make all the difference exactly exactly another thing to do i've seen as well is have fun with the whole situation so not to make light of the virus but to make light of the situation that you're forced to be in Mm -hmm. so you're making the best of it exactly so i've seen graduate pictures with face masks masks and gloves (laughs) this is especially i think really cute for nurses those who are graduating yeah that's true Another thing to do is to make quarantine shirts. Like, I survived the quarantine. Um, I've seen different ones. Like different graduation ones. quarantine 2020 or something? Yeah, like, like senior 2020, and the zeros are toilet paper rolls. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. I've seen another funny one where it says, seniors 2020, longest skip day ever. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you can make this really cute. There's one with a hazmat. hazmat um, um, Suit? Yeah, on, or the face mask. Mm. Um, and it says, this is my quarantine shirt. So, I mean, you can you can make um, this, like, fun. Yeah. As well. Like, it sounds like you can around. buy some things, mm-hmm. or you can make some things, depending on what your timing or your skill set is. Well, yes. and I, I imagine that um, right now, there are tons of people etsy and mm-hmm. and the bigger companies making merchandise for these 
kids that, um, and these young adults that are graduating and aren't going to get to have the actual ceremony. So there's probably a lot of stuff out there it's for people. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mention that because in different articles I've read that this year is much more of a product sort of year versus an event Right, so yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Right, because that's all you can really do because you can't visit with everybody. But um, schools are also doing things for their seniors, such as spotlighting their seniors with short bios and a picture of each senior. Like on their website? What? On their website? Yeah, yeah. And like on social media, they would have, you know, um, again, like the political sign, but it says class of 2020, and the different teachers would pose next to the sign. Obviously, each one has their own at in the front of their house, but in support of their seniors, of their school. Um, Social media is another great, well, we've already mentioned it, but it is a great way to celebrate your graduation. So there are hashtags already, such as hashtag class 2020. You can make your own hashtag, or your school might even um, have already created its own hashtag specifically to celebrate their seniors. And throughout all this, I mean... I and other websites still encourage the graduates to wear their graduation attire in their pictures at, you know, during whatever day you decide to celebrate the graduation, just to at least have that graduation feel to it. Um, decorate your graduation cap. Some schools may pre-record graduation speeches. So I did see that. So, that, one... so that's the part that I'd like to just skip. <laughs> the graduation speeches are always the worst part for me. Well, I, you know, I don't know exactly, you know, if they're going to just post them up and say, hey, if you want, you know, watch them. Right, I know that would be nice. <laughs> a lot of different websites said that um, certain, like some people are already zoomed out. So um, zoned out? No. They're so, meaning they've had too much zoom already? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yes. Funny. So some of them are, are just pre-recording the speeches. So... It's an interesting time, and I have a feeling that different schools will be doing all kinds of different things. Time to get creative. Exactly. And, so I know Dad mentioned this before, so seniors can have a drive-by parade in their neighborhood or at their school. So, have you seen anything like that on... I've seen for birthday parties where mm-hmm. people where the, the person celebrating is at their house, the people that would normally come to the party would drive by, Mm -hmm. and they may even drop off a gift, like at the bottom of the driveway or something like that. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of, but or they would honk, or they would hold up signs, or have balloons, or whatever it may be, kind of like a slow little car parade. Like a little parade. uh, For the person. So I wonder, with graduation, you probably could do the same thing. Right. It sounds like they're talking about doing it either way. Either the graduate is still, and the people go to the graduate, Mm -hmm. or the graduates could be in cars, Right. And go to the school mm-hmm. and have the like the, the teachers out or something like that, right. you know, distance. Yeah, that's true. So mm-hmm. you could do it either way. Yeah. And obviously it depends on like the number of kids at your school. Mm-hmm. If it's a college slash university or a high that school. A, yeah, college would have a lot of cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one would be happy with the traffic. College <laughs> had a lot of cars during regular graduations trying to get yeah. out of the right. parking yeah. lot. Definitely. And last but not least you can always celebrate with your family or those who are quarantined with you. So have a nice meal, make a fun, um, or make a fun spread, play games, watch home videos. Uh, The difference between, I feel like high school and college is that at least in high school, hopefully like you're with your family 
in college or oftentimes with your friends. So it can have like um, definitely like make it your own thing and celebrate and just try to have a great time and it's just going to be enjoy different. It. Exactly. Yeah, whether exactly. you're celebrating Ramadan or you're celebrating your graduations mm-hmm. or birthdays or whatever. This is a time to kind of think outside the normal box. Or you're celebrating chickadees. <laughs> Away from typical traditions or right. modifying typical traditions to mm-hmm. kind of meet the, the needs that um, are the requirements of, of what's laid on us at this time. So. Yeah, because I know I've, I've... Yeah, go ahead. Never mind. And just to... I, I forgot, so just, just a quick little something. You could also make different collages as well so you can make reads you can make um 2020 and make all kinds of pictures i know for my graduation i made a personal home video and there's this one thing that it says pin the tassel on the graduate it has the graduate's face and a cap (laughs) and there are all kinds of tassels that have been pinned elsewhere apart from the cap so that was funny yeah 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 there's also a lot of a picture sending mm-hmm. over online like you do yeah. a collage and send it to grandparents mm-hmm. or friends or family and they're all also. gonna love it yeah, yeah exactly yes yeah. yeah, so thank you for uh, those topics this week our future festivities are for the week of may 11th may 11th is national eat what you want day oh, may nice. 12th is international nurses day may 13th is national apple pie day May 14th is National Dance Like a Chicken Day. May 15th, in addition to being my birthday, in addition to being my birthday, is National Endangered Species Day. Hmm. May 16th is National Armed Forces Day. And May 17th is National Walnut Day. You can always follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at holiday underscore moons. On Instagram, we are at holiday moons, all one word. On Facebook, you can find our Facebook page and group by searching Holiday Moons in the search bar. And you can contact us at any time by sending an email to holidaymoons at gmail.com. So for Randy, Beth, Cole, and Sydney, happy graduation!